You are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. Okay, so today we are in discussion with, uh, we are in Wellington. We have a discussion in Wellington where we find ourselves at the Wellington School of Skills and with me I've got Mr. Kibano from the, who's the principal here at the Wellington School of Skills, uh, Mr. Bailey who is, will introduce himself and Mr. Jeremiah Taisma uh, from the Western Cape Community College. And as you well know, you know, skills development is a, is a big issue in our community. Education, access to education, uh, I always say education is a great equalizer in society, a great level. If you get yeah, access to education, there's a link between education, opportunities, and quality of life. So let me start with you, Mr. Kimberly. What is it that uh, what you guys do here at the School of Skills? Okay. Um, the school has been registered about six years ago. It was the uh, former Youth Care Center, Wellington Youth Care Center. Um, it is now a School of Skills. So we uh, our learners, learners with mild learning disabilities, they are 14 years old when they come here and they, we have a four-year program, so they leave when they're 18. Mm. So half the curriculum is an adapted entry's uh, curriculum and the other half is the, is the technical, technical uh, uh, curriculum. So we offer um, various skills at our school, um, for example, motor mechanics, welding, upholstery, Food studies, hairdressing, nail and beauty, office admin and agriculture. These are all exciting courses. It looks like people, when they, what happens when the young people leave here? Um, that is the challenging part. Currently, we have uh, the, the, the last six months of, the, of our fourth years, we've, um, as educators, we go, we go out and try and find uh, job opportunities for them. The unfortunate thing is, we struggle with the, they currently struggle with accreditation for, for, for these learners, but um, the um, ease opportunities are for them to, to, to go and work. Mm. So they, um, they are semi skilled, um, are not artisans, but they are semi skilled. And um, uh, in, a, in, in an environment where um, we have um, serious unemployment issues, um, we try our utmost best to find um, um, to make them employable. And how did how did you land up here? I mean, you've, I've heard you said earlier you've been in education your entire life. Has it always been in, in special needs schools, or how did, how did, what was that journey like for you? Um, I was I was uh, managing a, a mainstream school in Mitchell's Plain, and then. Um, every year there was a request to send learners to a special needs school and the school was Batavia, which was about 40 kilometers from, from Mitchell's Plain. So every year they could, Batavia could only take 100, say 120 or 200 learners for the most, but we always have a waiting list of uh, another 200 or 300. And then we asked the department to close our, our mainstream school and to reopen it as a school of skills. Mm. And so, they, so what we did was we moved the, uh, um, the, the, the learners that was there. We had a, there, was, there was a number of primary schools in a, at a space of two, two kilometers. So we just moved the learners to one of the, 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 uh, the primary schools and we, we, we reopened uh, the, the school as a, as a school of skills. Mm. I was there for 11 years. We've done exceptionally well. 
and then you know um, you just feel that you've done what you could and your season is finished and you want the skills that you acquired and the challenges that you work through you'd like to uh, um, um, use it um, somewhere else and then this door opened and then I, I came here and I think this was one of the best um, moves that I could um, ever ever make in my life uh, it was very easy for me because we transformed a mainstream primary school into a school of skills and here uh, they were busy transforming a youth care centre into a school of skills. I'm sure over the years you've probably seen many successes of, of, of young people that society may have written off that have actually become. Any, any examples that come to mind? Oh many yeah, there's lots of examples. A young man um, that uh, two months ago, a young man phoned me um, and said, Manier, I want you to come and visit me, I stay in Lentegeer. So I said, okay, we in Lentegeer, gave me the address and I went there. And he said, Manier, I bought this house. Um, when he left school, he did a motor mechanics, but when he left school, he got an opportunity to work for, um, for pick and pay. He's driving one of those, uh, got 14 um, um, trucks, um, and he's doing exceptionally well. That is one. Then this Brandon Erasmus, he's, um, he's got his own catering um, um, business, doing very well. He worked at a couple of um, 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 restaurants. Uh, this Matthew Oliphant, he's currently working at the Taj Mahal um, Motel. Um, he's running the, the afternoon section there. And then you can go to the convention center and find a number of, of learners there. Um, yeah, we, I can also mention a couple of learners. It's not a lot of them. We, 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 we wish that it could be um, 90%, 100% of them. But we have some learners that, that we've placed for the last um, two years that is currently still employed. Wonderful. Yeah. Jeremiah, let's uh, get to you. You're the chairperson of the Western Cape uh, Community College. What exactly, how is the, what is the mandate of the community college? Okay, the Western Cape Community Education and Training College uh, is what we refer to as the third tier of post-school education. It's basically an amalgamation of the previous adult learning centers that became this college. And our main mandate then in 2015 was to coordinate adult education and training, AET or ABET, uh, as people know it. That obviously then moved on when we obviously got into the crisis in our economy, our skills, and the community college was then mandated to basically do entry-level skills, which will enable learners who have dropped out of school, those who are unemployed, to basically have a minimal skill that can enable them to find a job or to articulate into a TVET where they can get a little bit higher level skills and later go into a university of technology to get a degree in whatever skills. We obviously then petitioned uh, the minister to basically get this thing of skills a little bit more broader and more direct because the intention was that a person who's employed go and work during the day come after hours to us, get a two-hour two day training in a particular field that he or she is in, plumbing, bricklaying and so on. And that will then put that person in a, in a higher bracket, basically both of skills in terms of, of course, remuneration. That became impractical simply because of the infrastructure. Because most of our uh, campuses, if you want to call it that, is at schools. Mm. Uh, and skills at a school can't happen unless it is a school of skills. Because you have basic education operating until 3 o'clock, who have limited facilities for skills programs because it's academic. So when the child or the older person comes in the afternoon to come and do a practical skill, there is just no place to do around it. There's no place to do furniture making. 
and that became a stumbling block. Therefore, we then agreed. Let's look at new facilities, which the department will then basically find, or we'll talk to public works to give us facilities that will enable those kind of things to do. And we are currently busy with public works to give us facilities that will enable us to run on a full-time basis, welding as a course, electricity course, plumbing, all those mm. things are now coming to fruition. And what we have seen today in terms of the cities, they are our partners because they then help us to then upgrade the facilities uh, that we get from public works to enable us to run the programs that I'm speaking about. So these programs, is it to make communities more employable and do they actually pay for them? Huh? Or what does the model look like? Well, the community college is a free college. You do not pay for any of our courses. Whatever we offer is for free. Whether you come and you want to do a level 1 to 4, which is basically uh, grade 1 to grade uh, 9 in school, uh, basic school terms, we do it for free. You come and write, uh, want to do matric or senior certificate, it's free. You come and do any of these courses that I spoke about, whether you want to be a motor mechanic, whether you want to be a plumber, it's free. Mm. Uh, we don't charge uh, because we make use of the norms and standard grants. But obviously, because we have the opportunity, we get most of our skills program funded through partners of the cities. Okay, so you know, if I if I hear you about the community college, the old model was in Afrikaans they talk the school. Does that still continue today? Because that was very successful. Your community learning center, which is what we call it, in actual fact, should operate under normal circumstances, eight or ten. But it's impractical when it operates from a school. But where we are uh, in our own facilities, that is what happened. Mm. At Alcides River, at St. Francis, uh, in the metro, those are two that, I, that just comes to mind. They run until 10. So, as I said, learners come at 6 o'clock mm. to come and basically do these uh, eight levels, one to four, senior certificate, and some skills programs. Where we do not have our own facilities, that becomes a little bit difficult. Okay. What we are trying to do now is what the minister has asked us to do, is to look at the possibility of also opening on a Saturday, a half day, mm. to enable these ones who can't make it during the week mm. to come there for a three, four hour skills uh, program. My problem always is that there's so much good that government does that nobody knows about. You know, is that you, I actually want to put it to you that you are not selling yourselves as community college. People don't know. I mean, this is, this is absolute news to me. This is a sickness that government has of not being able to market its wins. Uh, because many people tell us, they say, in fact, you, you didn't ask the other question. How come we don't know about you? Because that's the question that the people ask us first. The reality is that we were formed formally in 2015. But the AH uh, learning centers existed now for the last 50 years. But we seem not to be able to market ourselves to communities in a way that communities understand what we are doing. We have now embarked as the college, the new council, in a new program of marketing the college where we are now discussing with the department how do we involve the community in determining the programs, the QQM, of that particular learning center. Because remember, despite the fact that we are called the college, our responsibility is to run skills programs per community needs. What we have now at the last council meeting decided, uh, press from the press last week, is that we will now do skills program on a district basis. So whatever drives the economy in that district, 
That will then be the skills programs at our community learning centers. So organizations, churches, schools, uh, I mean there's a number of young people who get out of school now, they could possibly approach the community college and that could be a stepping stone into other qualifications. The doors are open for everybody who have not started schooling, those who have dropped out of school, to come and basically get their qualifications. We will be very happy to bring in your little sector who have infrastructure. We are very happy to bring those young people who are not in education and training to come to us and say, listen, this is our need. How can you help us basically uh, get our, our qualification? And that's basically what we're supposed to be doing. And money is not a problem? No, no, we don't charge, so money can't be a problem. Okay, Mr. Bailey, let's, let's come to you. Where do you fit in into this conversation? Well, uh, I'm at the moment spokesperson for the Warrington Skills Development Initiative, which was a community-born initiative of people who felt that we are confronted with a serious problem within our community in the sense that Wellington used to be known for its skills pricing. I mean, we used to make everything from shoes to uh, leather. Uh, I mean, there's still a couple of famous places in Wellington that make leather, but we used to have tanneries. We used to have piano factories, you know. So over time, due to, to, to the impact of, of, of some of the decisions from government side in terms of our, our international uh, commitments to, for instance, the World Trade Organization, those companies could no, no longer compete internationally and win bust. So all of a sudden you have this dearth of, 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 of skills that's required because our kids, even our schooling system, unfortunately do not prepare them adequately for the labor market. So a group of us, uh, current and former residents of, of, of Wellington got together and uh, we formed the Skills Initiative. We're in very close collaboration with the Wellington School of Skills. Uh, and although we will only in January formally launch our, our, our programs, we have collaborated with, with the School of Skills, for instance, on a program on, 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 on robotics, on uh, coding, because there's a realization that, you know, you can't just think of the economy today and what it requires. You must actually be futuristic in your planning and say, look, in five years time, robotics, coding, drone piloting, all of those things of, of uh, those, those skills of the so-called fourth industrial revolution is gonna be confronting our youth. And if they can't cope now, how do you prepare for that? Mm. So the whole idea is to create this umbrella organization, facilitate skills, invite people to, <laughs> to our little town or area of the, 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 the world, because many programs don't reach the rural areas. You know, so, so, so the idea is to identify the, 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 the skills gaps, invite uh, service providers here, and even empower service providers who's already trying, but for instance, cannot give accredited uh, qualification, etc. You see, so <clears throat> that's what we're trying to do. We work 
in collaboration with NGO or we're a, a, a non-for-profit organization uh, and we're all volunteers that, 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 that work in the, in the skills development initiative because we just genuinely feel that we're not going to wait on government. We, we're not going to have an attitude where we also going to cry about failures in government policies or failures in educational policies. We're going to try and do something that will be of practical importance for our kids and yeah. for our unemployed youth. So what, did, so what happened today uh, in Valentin? Today basically is the Western Cape Community Education and Training College in partnership with uh, the Wellington School of Skills as well as the Wellington uh, Skills Initiative coming together and bringing seaters to Wellington so that the Wellington community, the young people specifically both at school as well as unemployed can see what the opportunities are for skills development in the market talk to the different seaters about your area of interest and then they can then tell you this is the kind of qualification that you will need to enter a particular skills field that you will, will go with. They can also then indicate bursary availability for those who need to basically have a bursary to study at TVET or the university. And that basically is what we are trying to do today uh, with this initiative that we have. Uh, are you happy with the turnout? I'm uh, very, very happy with the turnout. Um, I think this is an awesome day and what an awesome opportunity for the school. And I really trust that we started the conversation and we started, we've got a plan and I, I know that this is going to go forward. Mm. I want to thank the Wellington Schools Initiative and the Western Cape Community College um, 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 for the opportunity that we mm. can take hands and that we can move forward in that to change our community around, to help the many young people who has got absolutely no hope for the future. Just just give him some hope. I think what, I, what I'm seeing here today is what the National Development Plan, you know, the review came out last week, and it, it concluded that what we need in society is active leadership, and in partnership between government, academia, and community, because that is what we see. What is your message to, firstly, local government, and to the business community? I think when it comes to, 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 to local government, I think I know people have their busy schedules, but we've had a number of occasions trying to engage and see where we can. Uh, uh, I mean, even today they were invited about the district uh, municipality and uh, the, the local municipality. So you don't always get that collaboration, but it's an important missing link. And then, of course, businesses. Now, businesses, we are, at the moment, uh, what myself and a colleague is trying to do, we're going to try and survey the skills needs. Uh, because sometimes they're suspicious of community organizations, you know. Uh, and they, they, they don't necessarily want to see what, what information that they deem to be vital for their own business models and, 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 and stuff. But we we have been engaging. Uh, my colleague Stephen, we 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 we're working on, on having doing a survey earlier early in, 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 in the next year. 
so that we can have a more accurate and hopefully hopefully we can work with the businesses hopefully uh, while we're engaging them and we build trust with them you know we can get them on board yeah now i think for, for us as a community colleagues partnerships are important and the local government and business for us are critical partners we want to make a change in the community we want to deliver skills but we do not want to be a sausage machine that just delivers skills because we want because we can we want to deliver relevant skills therefore it's important for us to have conversation with both local government and business with local government to understand their idp to understand the local economic development plans so that we can deliver or program at least skills according to that. The same applies to business. Business knows their dynamics in their, in their sector and what the skills gaps are. We then have to talk about how do we help them overcome the skills gaps that they have identified, not for today, uh, as I incorrectly said, but more for tomorrow, so we do not train a person for just the skill that is needed now, but rather prepare that person for the future skill now already. And that person possibly start at the entry level and work him or herself to the level where he or she can participate. So partnerships is definitely uh, the future. It's the present and the future. If you do not partner, if you do not, you know, the rugby team uh, has got a nice slogan, Stronger Together. That Stronger Together comes from the 80s Samstein. I don't know if you remember Samstein yes, yes. in Otsora. But Samstein and Stronger Together, I think that is what you're saying. Uh, final word, the community colleges, is it all over the country? In other words, no matter where I am in, in South Africa, there's community colleges there. We have nine community colleges currently, one per province. So each community college has, at a minimum, 30 campuses. We have 73 in the Western Cape. Uh, we call it community learning centers in the CET space. So you will find us everywhere in the country because we are nine, in all nine provinces. And wherever the person is, the person can just go on, online to the department site www.dhet.gov.za and find your appropriate CET, Community Education and Training College for your problems. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and all the success and blessings for your future. To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumilali, and producer El Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.